Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Leanne DeSanto. I am so excited to be with you today and honored that you are with us. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. So today's expert is Betty Jean Bell. She is absolutely amazing, a ball of energy. She is the founder of beingbadass.com. And what I love about Betty and her mission to help women around the world lose weight, improve their health, but she's also about loving the body you're in right now. Regardless of shape, size, wherever you're at, love it now and the body will become what you want. So absolutely love that. You will so enjoy our conversation. So rise up for you. Enjoy this episode as we welcome Betty Jean Bell. Well, welcome Betty Jean to the Rise Up For You podcast. We are so excited to have you today. I am so excited to be here. Good, good. Awesome. Well, okay, let's jump right in. So we'd love for our guests to share with our audience who you are, what you do, and the journey it took to get you here today. Yeah, very unexpected journey. (laughs) I never in a million years would have guessed I'd be doing the things I'm doing today. Uh, But today I help entrepreneurial women, you know, not just lose weight, but learn to see themselves with with loves. The biggest thing I do is I help women heal their relationship with food and their bodies. Mm. Uh, Most women come to me going, God, if I can just lose the weight, my life will start working. My health will improve. Like everything is going to work out. (laughs) Um, But I spend a whole lot more time helping women really start feeling like they're enough right now, really start reprogramming their mindset, the neural pathways and the beliefs and things that they have. Um, about themselves, they can start feeling good in and about their bodies now, Mm. even long before their body changes. So that's the work that I'm super passionate about uh, and that I love getting to do every day. And how I got here, um, well, I definitely didn't think I was going to be doing this for a living. I started out as a kid uh, singing opera. I started singing opera when I was four years old. And I knew then that's always what I wanted to do with my life. So I was very focused. I studied every single day. I started um, uh, taking lessons at a college level back when I was in high schools in one of my first children's operas when I was uh, eight and then 12. And that was my big thing. That's what I was going to do with my life. And at 11 years old, I was one of the first girls to develop where where I grew. So I got the hips and the boobs and everything. (laughs) And it got a lot of attention from boys at school. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the good kind of attention. I know as an adult that they liked me, but they had they were just very abusive in how they showed it. So mm. lots of verbal abuse, lots of uh, bullying and all of that growing up. And that went on all through middle school and all through high school. But back then, I just didn't know how to talk about it. I never told anybody what was happening. And so for me, I just went inward. Um, and f- music became a big coping me- mechanism for me. And so did food. Those were my early days of starting to develop an unhealthy relationship with food, with food as a coping mechanism for my emotions. Mm. Um, and so like I put on, I started putting on a lot of weight in high school. 
um, and having an unhealthy relationship with food. But I also thought it was normal. I didn't think there was anything wrong with me because you see commercials or you'll watch a friend's episode and somebody breaks up with her boyfriend. And what does she do? She's sitting on the sofa <laughs> eating like a gallon of ice cream. Totally, totally, so yeah. I was like, everyone stands in front of the fridge and eats all day when they're upset, you know? So yeah. that and music, I've always been an achiever, a very focused person, uh, very entrepreneurial from a young age, but I never identified as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just being very focused on my music and really into eating, <laughs> <laughs> Um, at age 17, I, I, you know, I was time for me to go to college and because of all the things that I was living through and not knowing how to talk about or deal with or cope with as a kid, I always believed that opera would be my ticket out of there. Mm. Like, so I always identified safety with work. If I work hard and get out of here, I will be safe. Mm. And, um, and food was love and comfort and work is safety, right? So these were the core things I believed at a very young age. Mm. So at age 17, it's time for me to go to school and all of a sudden my throat starts hurting. So I start talking to my voice teacher about it. I'm like, I can't sing. Like it really hurts. So she sends me to a doctor and he says, you will never speak again, let alone sing. Um, I had really severe burns. My vocal cords looked like little hot dogs. They're supposed to be like less than paper thin. They're supposed to be itty bitty. And so they were very swollen, very damaged. Um, I had severe acid reflux and this is 1997 Prilosec. I was in one of the test groups for Prilosec. Oh, wow. My voice teacher was like, oh no, you are not taking that diagnosis as like life. You're going to get a second opinion. So she sent me to a research hospital in another state and uh, they said, okay, yeah, you've got severe acid reflux. You know, they started putting me on Um, you know, Prilosec and some other things to try to see if we could get it under control. Mm -hmm. And they said, if you ever hope to sing again, you need to not speak. Um, You have very severe damage already. And if you talk, it's just going to make it worse. So for 18 months, I was totally silent. So this is pretty tough. I'm a 17, 18 year old girl. No texting doesn't exist yet. Right. (laughs) So I'm carrying around a spiral notebook. Um, you know, trying to make friends in my first year of college, it was really tough. So I ended up having my first uh, reconstructive surgery to my stomach to help with the acid reflux. And it definitely did, but I was, I still had to go through five years of voice pathology to learn to speak with, uh, without pain. And unfortunately I was never able to sing opera again. Mm. So after losing, you know, with all this stuff of losing my voice, um, that was a huge coping mechanism. So, you know, it's identified with my safety. It's it's my purpose. It's my identity and it's gone. So I'm lost. I'm like, Mm. what do I do with myself? Cause I've always been so focused. And so Mm. I had no idea what to do with my life. So I end up leaning much harder on my other coping mechanism food. So, Mm. um, I put on even more weight, lots more depression, lots more anxiety, lots more just feeling lost and purposeless. Uh, so out of college, I end up um, getting a job. I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship, but I didn't know what I wanted at this time. So I get a job as a, a bookkeeper at an oil company out of college. I'm teaching myself accounting at night and then doing this job at the day during the day because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm learning on the job. And, uh, and about six months in, the manager just quits showing up. So I had gotten the ropes of the business. It was a small office. So I just kept it going. And this wasn't me being like entrepreneurial at all. It's just me like showing up to work and it should keep going. Right. So I ended up running this multi-million dollar oil company, not realizing that's really what I'm learning how to do is run a company. Um, And so I learned a lot about building systems and, you know, I'm working these 16 hour days 
which is cool. I'm getting all this great education, but I'm working these really long hours and I'm still educating myself about things I don't understand during the day at night. Mm. I'm getting the vast majority of my food like in chunks, like at nine o'clock at night is when I'm having my biggest meal and I'm drinking wine to relax. And, you know, I've got these really bad patterns and I'm getting, and I'm still depressed and I'm still just throwing myself into work as a coping mechanism, just like I did with opera. Mm. Um, And so just really drowning out, not dealing with the emotional body and using food to kind of cope with everything, not eating very much during the day, eating a lot at night and working these really long, stressful hours. And so I'm 25 years old. And while I'm at work, um, one day I just lose the vision in part of my left eye. I just can't see. Suddenly I'm blind in part of my left eye. And I'm so busy. I don't even go to the doctor for two weeks. Mm. Just bonkers. (laughs) So I get to the doctor and they're like, either you're having a heart attack or you have multiple sclerosis. I'm like, Uh. well... It's definitely not a heart attack. <laughs> I've been ignoring it for like two weeks. Behind <laughs> door number three, please. Yeah, right. Right, oh exactly. <laughs> it was actually option number three. I didn't have uh, multiple sclerosis, um, but it was from stress. I had optic neuritis. Mm. Optic neuritis. The, the optic nerve had swollen. Um, all from stress. And so like, I knew I needed a lifestyle change. Yeah. So I did what every woman does when she wants to take her health back. I joined a gym. <laughs> So they put me on a 1200 calorie diet, no carbs, you know, no fat, you know, just vegetables and chicken. And I'm working two hours at working out two hours a day. I'm doing eight boot camps a week plus cardio on top. And they're like high fiving me for my commitment. Um, And while that was great, sure. I lost weight, but I got sicker. I just kept more and more sick and more stressed Mm. um, because that wasn't the problem the root problem was stress and, uh, you know, unresolved emotional stuff. I didn't know that back then, but now I'm adding on even more physical stress. And so I'm doing eight boot camps a week and now I'm eating 1200 calories and I'm still working 16 hour days and I'm still getting the vast majority of, I mean, like yogurt all day long and like the vast majority of my calories at night with still some wine, still not getting much better, but I was trying, I was trying really hard. So I lost the weight, but still I wasn't well. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'd been single for eight years because I, I didn't know how to attract guys who would be kind to me because mm-hmm. I had all this old baggage and that believing that in order for a man to love me from the, the way the boys bullied me growing up, that I needed to be a certain dress size. Mm-hmm. I needed to look a certain way. I needed to have my stuff together. And like, I just had all these, these, uh, conditions on what would make me lovable. Yeah. And, um, and in addition, I'm, you know, Dressed. I'm trying to heal my body in the only ways that I can find and what those ways are just kind of making everything worse. Mm. And I'm trying really hard to be successful at my career and find a purpose. And so, you know, knowing what I know now, it seems quite obvious why I struggled, mm. but my struggle is like so many women struggle because everybody keeps telling us when we find work, we love, then you'll be happy. When you become an entrepreneur, then you'll be happy. When you are a certain dress size, then you'll be happy. When you meet the love of your life, then you'll be happy. It's like all these external conditions, but in order to have those things, you have to become enough because you're not enough right now. So I get to age 33 and I've, you know, it's been a lifetime of trying to heal myself from just the compilation of things that have been coming up. And I've always been very focused on wanting to heal. So I'm showing up fully. Um, but I get to age 33 and I'm just totally spent. I felt so emotionally fatigued from all the effort. And no matter how hard I tried, no matter how many friends I had, how many accolades I had, you know, how many dating programs I did, no matter how many healing programs I did, no matter how many gyms I joined, 
I couldn't heal my body. I never felt purposeful. I never felt lovable. You know, I wasn't enough. Mm. That's what I thought. All the effort in the world. And I still don't know how to make myself happy. And so at age 33, I nearly ended my own life on my birthday. And a very well-timed call from my dad helped me make a different decision. He's just calling to sing me happy birthday. And he's like, (laughs) oh, my God, why are you sobbing? (laughs) Wow. Very well-timed call. But I call that day my breakdown to break through. Because that's when I really realized, oh, my God, if that's what I'm willing to consider, what would happen if I just stopped giving a crap about what everybody else keeps telling me is going to make me happy? And I just start figuring out what the heck it is that lights me up. And I had no idea, like no idea. So over the next several years, that was all I did. I just quit worrying about what anybody else thought. I like disconnected from all my friends, which were awesome. My friends were great. But the problem about with, for me, with being around all my entrepreneurial friends was that I was always distracted by their shiny objects. I'm like, will that make me happy? Will that make me happy? Is that what I need? So for me to heal, I really needed to disconnect from my world and start learning how to hear my inner dialogue. What is it that lights me up? And as long as I'm looking at other people, I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, over the next several years, you know, I went to nutrition school you know, not because I ever wanted to do anything with it, but because I wanted to heal fully and I wanted to understand my biology and be like, what the heck is going on here? Because all the doctors are giving me stuff that isn't getting you where I want to go. And I've been a really good patient all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got really into the whole self-healing thing and really learning to to experiment with the idea of like, what if I'm enough right now? What if I'm lovable right now? Mm. What if you know, all of these, just what if, like, what about all the things that I thought I would, where I thought I was broken? What if I'm not actually broken? Um, and so that's kind of how I ended up where I am today now is that, you know, I've reversed everything I've ever been sick with. Um, anything that isn't reversible, I manage entirely with diet and lifestyle, or I'm just so comfortable being an advocate where, um, my own advocate, where when I'm talking to my medical team, I'm able to say, Hey, you know what? I've tried this. Here's the data. I have big books of all my tests over the years, you know, and I go, I think it might be something along these lines. Do you know about this? Like I'm really into finding somebody who's willing to communicate with me about holistic healing and like really marrying both the psychological with the emotional, with the medical, um, Mm. like all of it and, and the biological. Um, and so, you know, today I'm well, and I've healed all the emotional trauma. Like I brought it to the light to heal. I have, uh, I've now been engaged to like my dream guy for the past four years. I've got a career and I absolutely love. And every single one of these things came to me when I quit looking for them. Mm. It just fell into my lap when I started focusing on what made me feel good. Um, and it's totally unique to me. What makes me feel good might not make you feel good or anybody else listening. Um, but really learning to let, is this what my mental, emotional and physical well-being needs today? Mm. Let that be the guiding light. Everything transformed. And that's really how I ended up doing this work. I just had friends going, okay, Betty Jean, (laughs) you look like you're getting younger every year. What the heck did you do? Cause this is not how you used to look or act or be, I need you to help me out. You know, so that's how I started doing what I'm doing. Gee, well, my work is done here. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a long story. (laughs) No, but it's so, first I want to 
thank you for sharing so deeply and honestly because I know that so many people, um, men and women, can resonate with parts of your story. It's, yeah. it's a story I've heard over and over. It's a part of a story I've lived as well. And so thank you for that because oh, it's my honor. Beautiful, beautiful share and, and, and beautiful to hear that you're on the other side and now it's, it's the give back, right? It's the service. It's the, it's, you know, they always say life is happening for us, not to us, but in the moment of all that trauma and all that stuff going on, you'd be like, why me? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Totally. But you know, it's, it, I totally believe that there are, just like you said, there's no setbacks. There's only setups. Yeah. You know, everything I've been through, I, I've had people ask me, you know, what do you tell other survivors? And I, you know, and I always, I don't actually love that term survivor. Right. Um, I think there's a time for it in, in the healing process, but I think uh, identifying as looking at ourselves through the lens of I'm a victim that I, you know, I survived this thing. It's like, honestly, everybody survives stuff every day. Right. And I'm not in the business of comparing pain where, you know, <laughs> we compare who's is worse. Yours. Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> right. Totally. And so like, I feel like really recognizing that we all have our challenges that we came here to learn and grow through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, it's important to recognize that we do all have like a section my story might have different details, but we've all felt a lot of those ways. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it's, it's the human experience, right? We've all have felt sadness and pain and maybe betrayal and, and all of these things. And it's, you know, we're in a world now that seems to want to mask that, right? What, right. what, in the food is a big number. It's a big yeah. number for people, right? It's how can we just numb out with too much, whatever your number is. And instead of really feeling it and really acknowledging it and being okay and being in that vulnerable space of, you know, man, this is really challenging for me or this really stinks or whatever, you know, but it's, it's like, okay, but I don't have to live here forever. You know, how can I move through it? Yeah. Unfortunately, some people live there forever, right? In that victim story or the past or, you know, can't seem to bring themselves out. So, I mean, everything that you've been through obviously has set you up beautifully for, for how you serve people today. So, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, what do you use certain modalities to help them release um, certain, you know, um, limiting beliefs or, you know, uh, the neurological, you know, pathways, that type of stuff? Or how do you how do you work with people yeah. specifically or what have you seen oh, yeah. has worked the best for people? Man, a whole, we have like a whole arsenal of things, that's right. for sure, <laughs> because everybody's different. But there's a few things um, that I think really make a massive difference. Um, for one is one I don't think enough folks talk about, but it's a, it's immersion. Um, being able to be immersed in a community of healing. And mm -hmm. what I, and I likened it to the way we learned language. We learned, we, no one ever sat us down and taught, gave us a Rosetta stone and taught <laughs> us how to speak our first language. It was just because we were hanging out with our parents and we were picking up patterns and we picked up a lot of what our parents said and did and were and believed. Yeah. And that became our body of language. That became our body of beliefs. And a lot of the things that we believe about ourselves now weren't, they aren't our beliefs. 
first place. Mm-hmm. And so right. I've always, one of the big sayings we use in my work is we always say the healing's in the hangout. Like everybody there says, I said it one time, it came out of a meditation. Now it's like the thing we all say to each other <laughs> because it, it really is. It's, it's not just the modalities we use. It's being in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Every single day with the books we read, the podcasts we listen to, the people we talk to. Um, So I believe when one heals that it's very important not just to find a coach or a mentor who's walked through the fire like us and can has a different mindset and different quality of ideas about what can help us, mm-hmm. but also having an immersive setting where every single day we are with other people. And it could be like through healing. It could also be for business, mm-hmm. but it's for people who have that same unwavering faith mm-hmm. that they can heal and who have similar mindsets or at least the mindsets we want to adopt. I think being immersed in the, in what we want to become, the mindsets we want to, to embody um, is one of the most, uh, powerful and rapid healing tools that we have available to us. Right. Um, and sometimes we have to cultivate them ourselves. Um, but I think, I feel like that's a really, really big one. Um, Absolutely. because it just speaks directly to mindset, yeah. being able to change those neural pathways. Um, yeah, some of the other okay. things I love are clinic done. They'd be done more in a clinical setting, but I think there is a self-administered one. I think they work really well together. Um, but it's EMDR. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever talk about mm-hmm. that one? Yeah. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I used to know the acronym. I, yeah. I movement. So yeah, I don't remember. Movement. Yeah. 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 I don't remember it either, but yeah. 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 Very, very powerful. Um, healing modality. It wasn't something I found out about until much later in life. Man, I wish I'd had it a lot younger. Talk mm-hmm. therapy. I always did a lot of talk therapy. It's great, but it can also deepen the neural pathways Yeah, because you're yeah. just, you're just kind of reliving. You're just talking about it. And while talking can be very, very healing, what I love about EMDR is you still get to talk about it, but you're actively reprogramming the neural pathways. Yeah. So you're lessening the grooves of victim, of fear, of anxiety, of whatever it is that plagues the, the individual and start, start building something healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thing I like to add with it is the, uh, EFT emotional freedom technique, mm-hmm. really great thing for in between. You're like, Oh my God, I'm yeah. freaking out. <laughs> I do that too. And I was like, I know she must do EFT as well. I just know yeah. it. I can sense it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it in well. my program, we have a certified EFT coach since, you know, I'm a, I'm a certified health coach. I can't do EMDR. So I always like to have my gals working with somebody, yeah. uh, somebody in the clinical setting, but we do EFT in the program just Perfect. to like Beautiful. help everybody through the moment. So there's just a couple of them. Um, but we also try to bring laughter in as much. I have a lot of techniques that are just completely silly, but they're so good for reprogramming the neural pathways. I feel like laughter immersion and like really calling on some of those, um, EMDR and EFT to help reprogram the neural pathways are really, really helpful for stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I I love those modalities. And and, and I'm like you, I do believe, you know, that, that the talk therapy is good. Like you need to get it out, not stuff it down, but yet it's absolutely there is some point that, okay, now what, you know? Yeah. Okay. Now what, you know, it's like, what's that next, you know, the next step. And, and, um, I love EFT as well. And, um, and yeah, this, you know, from guided meditations and visualizations, there's so many different ways and, and really helping clients and some may resonate more with, with one way than another way, but being totally. able to, yeah, being able to, to go in that deeper, the reprogramming because people just don't understand that, that, that things just become patterns and habits and, 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 and habitual thinking, right. That keeps us in that yeah. stuck, you know, place. So 
being able to, totally. to blend both of those is, is beautiful. And, and I love too, what you said about that, the conversations, right? Because it's, um, I heard this one time and I love it that there's always three conversations going on. The one in your head, right? The one coming out of your mouth and the one that you allow around you. So, mm, it's, right? Yeah. So it's like it, you can control too, but you can also control the one that you allow around you. So if some of the peeps you're hanging out with are just keeping you in your story or don't totally. like your growth, because sometimes there can be some of that, right? Big time. Sometimes, yeah, it's finding that, that tribe and that, that place that, um, that promotes the, the growth and the healing too. So absolutely yeah and you talked yeah the the meditation and all that's so important as well I know in my work um we have we meet every single morning in, in my programs for a thing called feel good 45 mm. and that's all we do we do like you know guided meditation then we have our you know daily celebrations and like visualizations and then we open it up for like coaching and EFT like we, it's feel good 45 so whatever anybody whatever group needs to feel good that day we do we have our little morning ritual and then That's we have so like good. open time but it's because exactly what you're talking about like that you know immersed in the conversation and it really does matter who you're around yeah it's there's such it's mm-hmm. it changes everything and a lot of the time are the people who are closest to us who love us the most most can sometimes be the least supportive yeah. um the because they're just so used to you being one way that when you go to change it makes them uncomfortable yeah. and and so it's important to find a tribe or a group where you can be immersed in change when the people around you start resisting yeah. because i found like i've seen for a lot of the women that we work with especially like when a woman's coming to, to heal her body or, or improve her weight, it can be very challenging when her family doesn't participate with her or gives her grief about how she's eating or yeah. makes fun of her like, oh, it's another diet you're going to fail out. That last one didn't work either. <laughs> right, so, right, just like another stab to the heart. Yeah, yeah, right, Exactly. Right. <laughs> so being able to have the community around you to be like, it's just riffraff, then don't worry about it. You just keep doing you. And then eventually what happens, you're going to start feeling good and looking good. And like everything's going to change because you changed the mindset first. The mindset's what leads to everything else. You change the mindset first. You've got your kind of power posse of everybody encouraging you. And then time and time again, I end up seeing the family come back. You start looking at them like, hey, what are you doing? I think I want to try what you're eating. We've seen whole families. Like one of my clients, she lost 70 pounds. One of my first clients we worked on, she's lost more than 70 pounds and kept it off for three or four years now. And, um, And I remember she went through this like very she lost the challenge for her family but then her family started to get on board and her husband <laughs> lost more than 70 pounds and now, yeah. now kept it off for like I can't remember when he started I think it's been two years yeah. and then her children like both the daughters lost 15 pounds and the son lost 10 nice. pounds like everybody lost weight but it, it started out as you know she was the weirdo right, right. you know and so Me having mom's that like fancy really food yeah yeah it's like <laughs> bingo exactly right, right. not eating beans sprouts mom yeah it's like whatever which is you know again the that's another whole conversation about the food side that doesn't have to be just bean sprouts but you know exactly but I think that's exactly what happens yeah yeah. and I think in 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 that conversation about you know your tribe and the people and maybe the ones that don't support or um I think it's it's the people that have kind of earned your trust to share these stories with you know like sometimes we have the surface friends and that's cool and that's part you know their part in your life and then sometimes you have the ones that are like Hey, I'm going down. I need some help here. You know, help me out. Yes. And those people, I'll be right there. Boom. You know, and that's that person. And, and sometimes the family's resistant because they either feel like you're going to judge them 
right? Totally. Or they feel, mm -hmm. you know, like, again, it's, oh, one more thing that, you know, is not going to work or whatever. And, and then just gradually through your behavior and through your role modeling and, and as people see you change, then, then it's something that becomes more concrete, but it's, but it's again, the share your story and your, your, your challenges with the people that have kind of earned to hear it, I think. Yes. You know? Does that make Big sense? Time. You know, it's the ones that you know that, that will be that support. It's not just being, oh, be being positive. It's not just that, but it's that no. connection. I totally agree. Yeah, because yeah, I'm telling you, like, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, I've had family members come up and, like, you know, tell me that I'm full of it when I compliment them, <laughs> you know, or so. And I'm like, really? And I think to myself, like, it's so strange to give someone a compliment and have them insult you, mad at you for it. <laughs> it's like... So strange. Like, I'm like, let me rethink yeah. it. Am I full of it? No, I really thought you looked great in that outfit. <laughs> but so some people funny. are just uncomfortable with that. And it's just remembering that when uh, family members, just to your point, like when family members see us changing, it's making them uncomfortable. Mm. It is always, other people's opinions of us are always a reflection of their internal world. It has yeah. nothing to do with us, no matter how much they try to tell us that we're the wrong ones. Right. It's just their lens of expectation about the way things should be. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the truth of who we are. Yeah, that's so true. And now you mentioned the word safety earlier, which is so, I mean, we know that they are hardwired for safety, right? Hardwired to see the negative and to see the problem because that's how we protected ourselves back in the day, right? When, yep. You know, so it's, it's, it's back to that, you know, people feel safe when you're a certain way and then when they see you changing, their little world gets rocked, but that's about them, not you. So that's the, that's the part, especially as women did not take on that responsibility, right? Yeah. Be responsible to yourself for you yeah. and the rest will fall into place, you know? Yeah. There's a, one of my friends I haven't talked to in years, but she's great. Her name's Elizabeth D'Alto. Uh, she was out visiting, I'm in Austin, Texas, and she was out visiting Austin, Texas. And she said this phrase that has always stuck with me and it was the most loving thing you can do is let other people have their own experience. Mm. And that's been a really powerful thing for me. Just remembering like, for example, when the family member gets offended, like that you had complimented them or uh, that you're changing or whatever, it's just, you know, love them enough to let them have their experience, but you don't have to take it on. Right. Uh, you know, ha uh, happiness is uh, a feeling, but it's also a choice. Absolutely. And it comes from within. You're never going to find it out there. You know, it comes oh, from yeah. within first, right? How many times do we yeah. do that? You know, we try to find yeah. it in the, in the weight or in the, you know, uh, handbag or in the <laughs> pair of shoes or, oh, and if I just, you know, when, you know, when we started, what you said was so powerful, you know, if I just, if, if I just lose the weight, I'll be happy. If I just get the car, I'll be, if I just get the man, if I just, but how many times have you There's gotten those things and they were so fleeting? It was like, okay, now what? Or. That wasn't it, you know? Exactly. So. That was what nearly caused me to end my own life was realizing, like, every time I accomplished something, like, I was the weight, you mm. know? Like, I was this itty-bitty size six eating 1,200 calories a day, training too much, working all day. You know, back was in, I, you know, there were times when I made more money than I knew what to do with, and I felt awful. Mm. And it wasn't until I let go of all that stuff and tried to figure out what made me happy which turns out it was the feelings I was looking for. And I was looking for a man to give me feelings. I was looking for money to give me feelings. I was looking for a career or a purpose mm -hmm. to give me feelings. The feelings are self-created. And that's the biggest mind 
kind of, I don't even know what to call it, but like it, it messes with your mind when you realize we are the source of our own happiness Mm -hmm. and learning how to be your own source rather than looking for other things to fill the gaps like food, like all these other external things, like being a dress size. Mm -hmm. Because when I got to the dress size, I thought I would attract men who loved me. Mm. Uh -uh. I attracted men who wanted the dress size because I measured myself. I was like, I'm lovable if I'm a size six. And so I, I met guys who believed I'm lovable if I'm a size six because like attracts like. So if I had a shallow (laughs) measurement, guess what? I got shallow guys who treated me really pointlessly or, you know, and so I had to change. And I met my fiance when I was at my biggest, still sick, super inflamed. I was on the other side of, of nearly ending my own life, but it was, I was on a path to find what lit me up. So I was, I was just experimenting. I was volunteering at a church. Heck, I hadn't been to a church since I, I don't know, was nine or 10, you know, Mm. it was just, I don't know. Let me try this on. Does this feel good? Does this feel good? Like what feels good to me? Let's figure this out. Mm. And I met him on the path of me looking for what lit me up. And as a result, I met this man who loves me in all shapes, all sizes, all seasons. And it's the same with my work. Like Mm. when I quit trying to be successful and look successful because then people will take me seriously. (laughs) Everything else started, like the business came to me and and yeah, you know, you got to work, but it's fun. It doesn't feel like work anymore. Now it feels a whole lot more like play. Um, So it really is recognizing that we are our source. And when we learn, I have found that when I help gals learn to stop looking outside themselves for the feelings and start learning how to self-create those feelings, all that which we want externally just starts to come to us when you're like, I don't even need that anymore. I've got it. I feel good here. (laughs) And suddenly the thing comes to you. I love that. I I know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just having, it's weird. It's so weird. I know it's so weird because we, we just, yeah, it's, it's like, we're going to push, we're going to push, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, you know? And, and oftentimes for women, I know it's, it's the self-esteem comes from body and for men, self-esteem can come from money. So we're like mm-hmm. in this battle with each other sometimes, you know, it's, it's just, no, it's, 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 but it, I mean, everyone has to take their own journey with that. I think, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's no right absolutely. or wrong to the journey. It's just what, what is that journey? But, but you know, your story is so powerful and so beautiful and, and to come to the other side and, and do what you're doing now is, is, is a gift. It really is. It really is. Thank you. Yeah. It feels like it. It's, it really does feel like it. And I'm very grateful to still be here <laughs> doing this work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to ask you a couple questions that we ask all our guests, but before cool. that, uh, where can uh, we find you, support you? Where can our audience, you know, grab onto your stuff? Well, there's a couple of places I am a gifts are my love language. So there's a couple of places that I like to uh, to give. And my favorite place is uh, on Instagram. So you can follow me at being badass on Instagram. I'm every single day okay. putting out mindset shifts a lot like we've talked about today and encouragement. And I have a free masterclass on my website, which is beingbadass.com. Um, that really dives into a lot more of the how-tos of pretty much exactly what we talked about here. Like really learning to see uh, it helps entrepreneurial women are driven women, even women with like just an entrepreneurial spirit, even mm-hmm. if they don't have companies, um, learn to see themselves with love, heal their relationship with food, heal their relationship with body mm-hmm. and learn to make themselves a priority mm-hmm. no matter how busy they get. So that's the core of that. So it's yeah. all of that stuff's totally free either okay. on being or over on Instagram. 
Beautiful. Thank you for that. That's wonderful. Okay, so a couple questions. Um, book. Like, what book gave you the biggest impact? There's so many books, but <laughs> yeah, the so first one that immediately comes to my mind um, actually might be a little unconventional, uh, but it is my a book by my friend, Dr. Amy Myers. She's a functional physician. She's also based here in Austin. And, uh, and it's called the autoimmune solution. Mm. And I actually, I do, I teach a lot from that book. That's one of the, I just like, I wish everybody would read that book. Um, primarily because even though not everybody has an autoimmune, uh, condition, she talks a lot about gut health. Mm. And one of the things that I found in my own healing journey was, you know, I didn't understand what role that my gut had on my mood, Mm -hmm. on my ability to have energy to take my business to the next level on my, it so many, everything is just linked to the gut. 90% of our mood balancing hormones are created in the gut. Um, and I just, it's a great book and it might take a year to implement all the things that one can learn in that book, but that book has changed so many lives and, um, whether someone has an autoimmune illness or not, I just think it's a book that everybody should at least take a look at. Fantastic. Okay. Quote, a quote that impacts you. Yeah. I had to think on this one too. So my favorite quote easily is, um, it's one by Einstein and it's that you can't solve a problem with the same energy that created it. Mm. Big reminder. And I have to remind myself pretty regularly. <laughs> but it's so good to get out into a playful space. Yeah. Uh, when we're struggling with something, you know, we try to like hunker down and solve the problem. So right. I feel like it's a great quote, a good reminder to like step away, go play, go do something to get you out of that energy. Yeah. That's why like, I think we get the best lightning strikes when we're in the shower. It's because we are in a different energy mm. doing something different. And those answers come to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Oh, no, Einstein has a bunch of them. Doesn't he? He does. <laughs> he, so he so does. I don't know if they're really his or people just attribute them to him, but exactly. yeah, he has a good one. Exactly. Okay. So if you could leave the world with one message, like your golden nugget, what would mm-hmm. that be? You can heal. Mm. Like the one thing I want everybody to really understand, you know, most of my life, I mean, heck, I nearly committed suicide because I just, no matter how hard I tried, it was like, I couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't think I could get there no matter how hard I tried. And so, you know, being where I am now realizing that not only could I heal, but I actually would heal when healing requires so much less effort than I thought. It's not that it's not hard. It's not that it doesn't take persistence it's not that it isn't exhausting at times or just like ah I just want to be done with this already Mm -hmm. but it it isn't doesn't have to be punishing Mm -hmm. the way I thought it was before where like if I just work hard enough then it will then I'll heal Mm -hmm. um I feel like everyone can heal but it's a much more self-loving and gentle approach than we often realize and when we learn truly what it means in a practical way to surrender and let go that healing just kind of crawls right in our laps mm, that's beautiful that's beautiful okay our last question now you know our company is called rise up for you so when you hear that term rise up for you what does that mean to you so i love the name of your company by the way um i love it and and i think it's so good because it, it's, it kind of piggybacks exactly on what I just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys seem to have a similar belief in that, like, you can do this, whatever that is. And often that which we want most isn't so much about what course do we need to take, what, you know, thing do I need to learn. It's often about 
what shift in my belief do I need to have to believe that I'm enough and that I have the capacity to do this. And when we have a clear unwavering vision in that, how we want, it isn't just about what we want. It's how we want to feel what we think having that thing will, how we think it will make us feel. Mm. Um, And I feel like your, you know, rising up is all about recognizing that you are enough because even the shift of like entertaining the idea that one is enough right now, it's inspiring. It makes you be like, Oh, I can do anything. Right. (laughs) Right. So it's that whole thing about, you know, being able to step up and reclaim our power and recognize we are enough, which causes us to rise up and have a domino effect because the more healthy we are, and confident we are, the more we are magnetic for that which we want, which we've talked about today. Yeah. But also, it gives the people around us permission. They aspire to be like us. And it gives them permission to be like, well, what if I'm enough? So I love the concept yeah. of, of rising up. Uh, so I think you. it's great that that's what y'all are rallying around. Thank you. Well, you too. Absolutely. <laughs> so in, in synchronicity, I just love it. You know, I love everything that we talked about. And I know this conversation can go on a really much, much longer. And I just want to um, encourage our audience, please, please, please go look up Betty Jean. She's awesome. And uh, we'll put all that in the show notes for everybody so they can grab um, the free gifts as well. Thank you so much for your generosity there. And uh, of course. and just thank you for being on the podcast today. I, I, I know that what you shared and, and is so in alignment with, with what we do as well and standing alongside uh, the journey to become your best self, you know, to become your best self from within first. So, right. so thank you so much. Totally. For that. Thank you for yeah. having me Absolutely. an absolute delight. And you just look beautiful by the way. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. So do you beautiful light. Thank you for joining us today on the rise up for you podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.